0: Hey, if you're here, you're in the right place. I'm Tyler Freeland, and welcome to season two of the Brand X Cleveland podcast, a forum where expert voices come together, united for one purpose, to answer questions and have conversations centered around real business problems. You can find this episode, as well as previous episodes, at BrandXCleveland.com. That's BrandXCleveland.com. On this episode of the BrandX Cleveland podcast, myself and Charlene Coughlin sit down with the three founders of Gradient Robin Hudson, Jerry Pena, and Victor Ruiz. Who is Gradient? Gradient is a national DEI consulting agency that turns workplaces into communities and people and businesses into the best versions of themselves. They guide cultures and create change. They're also one of our BrandX partners. Full of laughter and perspective, This episode really brings the listener into the heart of who Gradient is and the unique offering they bring to the lives of people and the clients they serve. So, without further ado, here is Gradient on the brand seat.
1: Okay, hey, I'll start. Um, Robin Hudson, CEO and co founder of Gradient, a human equity think tank.
2: Uh, Victor Ruiz. Senior partner, co-founder of Gradient and chief operating officer. One word. And to describe the one is that? word that describes <laughs> me, I would say thoughtful. Uh, Jerry Pena,
3: senior partner, uh, chief of culture and engagement at Gradient. Um, one word to describe me. Man, Vicky took my word. Um, <laughs> Uh, caring. That's good. Robin didn't
1: share. I didn't share the word. I think optimistic. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. yeah.
0: Great. And who is Gradient and how did the team come about? And I love this story. By yeah. way.
2: Mm. Yeah. Can I start? Yeah. <laughs> i'm sure you're the ceo right right i
1: guess this is my job right so yeah so gradient really came about i think as the result i'm going to frame it this way of relationships right because that is something that is core to the work that we do we value relationships and we think that relationships really are the catalyst for all change um so a few years ago cleveland maybe it's been five years or so now five or six years Um, the entire community, um, embarked on a process called racial equity, like training. So the racial equity Institute, local funders, Cleveland neighborhood progress, a lot of folks got together and thought that because, um, racial inequity was just so prominent in Cleveland and it it just had this historical context that really was holding us back as a city and as a community, um, that we would undergo this learning journey together. And so I remember going through, they have two parts, I remember going through the the two parts and after the second one, just realizing that, you know, the message was kind of like, hey, just sit with the information that you've learned, right? And I remember thinking, that's not going to be enough. Didn't really know what to do with it at the time. Fast forward a few years, really decided to um, pursue a coaching certification to become an executive and leadership coach found a really amazing program. Shout out to Dr. Tawana Burroughs, Coach Diversity Institute. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, where she really focuses on the hardcore coaching competencies, mm-hmm. but also this notion of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And how, as a coach, can you support people from marginalized and underrepresented groups, but also through the coaching lens, or what we call the coach approach. Um, uh-huh. Had a conversation with my longtime friend Victor Ruiz. Um, I think we probably were at the uh, Westside Market Cafe, mm-hmm. our, our breakfast yeah. slot, right? right? And uh, <laughs> yeah. just like, yeah, man, you know, we have to figure out like what's next for us as we are entering that next sort of chapter in life. And um, mm-hmm. good, he was good friends with uh, Jerry Pena, and we just three of us kind of put our heads together and said, how can we use the coach approach mm-hmm. to support folks who are on this diversity, equity, and inclusion journey? And so, from there, we're like, we're doing it. Yeah. We're gonna learn as we go. We're gonna move and change culture as we go. Mm-hmm. And uh, the rest is, well, we're here with you on this podcast today. I love it, <laughs> I love it.
0: Um, do you have anything to add to that, you two? I think
3: Robin said it well. I mean, mm-hmm. I think um, it's been a pleasure to be on this journey with, with these two folks here mm-hmm. uh, next to me and, and what I think we really bring to the table that's a little bit different is that um, we really value relationships mm-hmm. and any relationship that we build with our clients who we call partners, mm-hmm. uh, we wanna make sure that it's a it's a relationship that will be long-lasting and really impactful for both sides of, of the work, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. I think they both
0: very yep. Yeah, yeah. And you talked about this coach approach. Um, what what is coaching and what is consulting? Are they are they the same thing? Are are they different? And what is your particular style? Why is it effective?
2: I'll start with coaching because I'm I'm new to consulting. I'm learning from <laughs> two of the best. Okay, uh, but you know, at, for me, coaching is a a process with a client, um, either an individual or a group, um, where I believe that. The, the client has the answers already within them. Okay. It's just a matter of, of um, through a series of, of questions, we call them powerful questions, uh, just getting to the point where they start realizing that they have the answers within them and then getting them to commit to the change that they want to see. Um, so it's it's a lot of listening, so uh, as a coach you really have to listen um, you one of the things that uh, you can't you're not really tied to the outcome because it's the person's outcomes but you once you understand where they want to go mm-hmm. you kind of create this journey to help them get there um, so I don't know if you want to add anything to the coaching piece and I'll let you all talk about the consulting.
3: Um, do you want to add anything to the coaching?
1: I was just gonna add just a little oh, bit yeah. so Victor you know he described coaching perfectly the only thing I just wanted to add to his his definition Is that as a coach you have to be someone who is able to know that that relationship that coaching space is not about you at all Mm -hmm. and that's the difference right so you're not mentoring you're not being a therapist you are really just elevating that person and when they say they want to go somewhere or be in a different state you hold that for them and you constantly remind them that like, that's why they're on their journey. So that's what you're saying. Yeah, like you're helping awesome. them get to where they want to be. So that's really just your role as the coach.
0: Yeah. Like Sherpas. And,
3: yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I would say in regards to consulting, the difference is that usually they hire you because you're an expert in a certain area of the work. And so there, there's still a lot of listening. There's still a lot of relationship building with that client, but you're also, um, in return, giving them some answers that they feel they need to move their work forward. Mm -hmm. And so basically you're brought on because um, you're knowledgeable in whatever it is that they've hired you to do. I think, I don't know if you that's it. Yeah, Yeah.
1: and I think the way that coaching and consulting may be slightly similar is that organizations typically want to get somewhere too. And they have a vision, they're just not sure about the strategies and the tactics. Mm -hmm. And so once again, as the consultant, you're there to make recommendations based on what you learn about sort of the current state of the organization or the work mm-hmm. and help them build out that roadmap and advise, like yeah. as Jerry said. And that's a great question and thanks for asking it because
3: I feel like there's, there's a lot of folks that are jumping into this coaching field now, mm-hmm. but the difference between what Victor and Robin said around coaching and what I said around consulting mm-hmm. gets mixed up. Mm-hmm. And so, well, they would say they're coaching but they're, they're really consulting. Okay. And so that's that's a great question, yeah.
0: Do these, your type of organizations, do they usually have coaching and consulting, or is it one or the other? Or is this kind of unique?
1: It's usually one or the other. It's yeah. it's pretty unique. We yeah. have a couple good colleagues in the field. Shout-out to Rare Coaching and Consulting. Shout-out, I go. <laughs> Get the shout-out's <laughs> going. I love it. I know. I, we believe in sharing the spot. But it is pretty rare because coaches like have been sort of in their lane of coaching, mm-hmm. and consultants historically have been in their lane of consulting. And mm-hmm. especially in like in Cleveland in our space, there are a lot of consultants who are like solopreneurs, right? Mm-hmm. So they're doing it on their own. They may bring in people to support from time to time. And so I think that's the beauty of gradient. It's mm-hmm. like we're like it's going to be three of us, and we're going to make sure that we bring all of our experiences, you know, coaching and consulting. Um,
2: To the work that we do.
1: Absolutely.
2: If if I could add something to that, especially um, specific to Cleveland, uh, there's a lot of coaching in Cleveland, but it tends to be very assessment-driven, which we use. But the model that we all really learned under is more of this transformation model, Mm -hmm. where you dig deeper, so that the change is sustainable over time. So that you get to the root causes of things, uh, so that the change is sustainable over time. So that's also something new um, that uh, we're finding out more around the coaching scene in Cleveland Mm -hmm. uh, and it kind of puts us in a unique position. Yeah.
0: And you all talked about, last time we had a discussion, you talked about becoming a part of their story Mm -hmm. and that you, like a lot of consulting, they just do the work and walk away. Yeah. So how do you move forward with the business once the, the process is over? (laughs) How
3: dare you. I can jump in really quickly. I would say that um, a client's success um, really matters to us, right? Mm -hmm. And if they're successful in the work that we've been helping them do, then um, it adds to the story that we continue to tell new clients and other people about the work that we're doing. Um, And so because of that, uh, we just don't go away. Mm -hmm. After we engage with a client, we make sure that um, we're always checking in, that the work that we help them structure and put together is moving forward, Mm -hmm. that if there's something missing that we can help them um, fill in or just help coach around, uh, that we're there for them. And so, um, I don't know if you...
2: Yeah, you know, I'll add that we also learn from our clients, Um, you know, this work... Is constantly evolving, and I think for me, I'll speak for myself. Is a lot of times I'm just learning from the clients about how they receive the information, how they want to receive it, and you know, making tweaks to my approach and our approach mm-hmm. based on what clients um, mm-hmm. teach us and the feedback we get. So that's kind of again how how their experience and their story. You know influences ours mm-hmm.
4: i'm gonna chime in i told the gradient team they're stuck with us now <laughs> yeah, after fine. jerry said that to me i was like that's great because yeah, we're we not going that. away <laughs> and i won't i won't leave you i'm sorry right. that's great i was already
0: about to bring you in Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> how did uh twist and, and gradient come together
4: so i'm on the board of providence house and providence house decided we needed to take a dei journey um And I will be fully transparent. I complained the entire week leading up to the (laughs) retreat about how I didn't want to sit on a four-hour Zoom call on a Saturday morning and we had homework to do. But then sitting in the session throughout the entire time, I felt like they were doing something I hadn't seen done before in the DEI or coaching space. Mm -hmm. Um, Jerry and I were in a small group together and Mm -hmm. the space that they created was so safe for everyone. And... I mean, our group had a lot of tears. Yeah. He had the group of a lot of external <laughs> relations <laughs> members, too, that all we were all sharing a lot. Um, and I immediately texted Mike afterwards and said, I met this team today virtually. I have no idea who they are outside of this session, right. but I want to work with them. Um, I think I reached out like the following week, maybe, yeah. and said, can we schedule a call? And Robin and I, I think, did the first right. call. And I just felt very comfortable with their approach. Um, And it was something that as I became president, I really wanted to focus on how to move twist forward in this space, um, as well as just our leadership team and how we could be a better leadership team, how we could improve the culture of Cleveland and Northeast Ohio, and then for our clients as well. What can we do for our clients? And Robin's approach to relationship building and what she was saying is very much how I like to approach client relationship building. It's long-term, it's not short-term. Um, we're stuck together and that's what I tell most of <laughs> mm-hmm. our partners too is guess what now you're stuck with us <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so get ready and I just felt like it was a great potential partnership and it's been a couple months now maybe yeah. like two months yeah. and it's great having gradient in our space and yeah. seeing them um, mm-hmm. and they are so open like mm-hmm. I feel like I can reach out to see any of them and yeah. ask them a coaching question yeah. how to handle something um, we're pretty much talking now once a week, if not more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
3: yeah, it's been a great relationship, and thank you for welcoming us to the Twist family, Charlene. It's it's been a pleasure.
0: Um, so, what are the challenges that people and organizations are facing out there? What's what's going out there, in the, <laughs> going on out there in the wild?
1: Yeah. How
3: much time do we have for this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> So I think right now, top of mind for everybody is just the state of our society, right? Mm-hmm. In this country, social unrest is just, it's just top of mind for everybody. Um, I think the other thing is the pandemic and folks having to be... Um, kind of trapped at home in front of their workspaces, you know, isolated from people working remotely. Mm-hmm. So again, it, we just tie it back to that anchor of relationships, right? So how do we begin to have hard conversations? How do we help organizations think about, hey, all your folks have been working remotely for like a year and a half now. People are weary. People are feeling isolated. They're feeling right. alone. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the strategies that we can help you think through around culture shift? So. Mm-hmm relationship culture are really the two big things that uh, organizations communities individuals are dealing with now and um, i think the coaching and the consulting approach helps really round out the 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 solution um, to those problems whether it's an organization or individual leader so we work with a lot of leaders executive directors ceos Mm -hmm. Um, who are really trying to do the right thing, but what we find is people just haven't had to do this work in this way, at this scale, at this pace, and so they really want a sherpa. <laughs> they really want a guide um, yeah. to just make sure that their next steps are the best next steps, whether or not they're whether or not they're the right next steps. Absolutely. So. Yeah,
2: I'll add to that. The um, there's also a tremendous amount of external pressures to address issues of DEI that mm-hmm. um, organizations are facing from the corporate to the nonprofit. And it's coming from customers, donors, mm-hmm. um, investors <clears throat> at the corporate level. Um, you know, it trickles down, you know, you know if, if a corporation is feeling it, then they push it down within their organizations to their suppliers. So it, yeah. there's just this tremendous social pressure to start addressing these issues. Right. So I think the, the, the challenge that a lot of organizations are facing is one: they may not want to do it, but they they realize they have to, or they've wanted to do it, don't know where to begin, right? Um, or you know. The leader wants to do it, but there's a lot of hesitancy at the staff level, yeah. or vice versa. Yeah. So that, that's and that's why I think the the relationship approach, because one of the things we say is we go in, and a lot of organizations want to get straight to the to the concrete stuff, like the goal setting. Right. And for us, it's more like this is a journey. Mm-hmm. You know, let us build the right um, environment, mm-hmm. and that takes time. Um, which so. is hard for people
4: like me who are like, can we get something done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't move slow, I move fast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's Jerry has reminded me a few times the past two weeks, showing this is a journey, <laughs> calm <laughs> down, <laughs> slow down, it's fine. Yeah. Right,
3: right. I think we forget, though, that it took many, many, many years to get here, yeah. right? And it's going to take many, many, many years to fix some of the social problems in this country, yeah. especially problems um, resulting from diversity, equity, and inclusion issues. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we have to take our time and do it right to mm-hmm. make sure that we don't keep repeating past mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, our goal eventually is to work ourselves out of a job, right? If we create an environment or a, a, a country or, or a city like Cleveland that right. is diverse, equitable, yeah. that people feel great, mm-hmm. then, you know, we wouldn't have anything to do. but. For, for right now, I think grading is really needed in this space. So. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: I think this is a good time, too, to actually get into the, what is DEI?
2: Yeah.
0: Or DEI, I, I, or yeah. JEDI. Yeah, uh, yeah, or
2: yes. Look JEDI. All right, Tyler. So you know JEDI.
1: <laughs> yes, D-E-I-B, right? Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, Belonging, right? Mm-hmm. So for us, we like to just talk about it, slightly differently we talk about human equity mm-hmm. because for us we are all human beings that are walking on this planet trying to work together trying to be well mm-hmm. so at the end of the day equity is about well-being for all simple as that mm-hmm. your, your zip code shouldn't determine your health outcomes you know your skin color your sexual orientation your religion none of those things should keep you from having an existence that is well Right, mm-hmm. And so when we unpack oppression and we take a look at how people are excluded from work opportunities, promotions, health care, equitable health care, based on any factor of their identity, that's when we realize like, hey, you guys want to do this work, it's, it's going to be a hard conversation, it's going to be a journey, right. but our approach is one that creates As Charlene said, safe space. So first of all, we just got to talk about that. We're all going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. But it can be done. Mm -hmm. And so we love to quote Nelson Mandela. It always seems impossible until it is done, because we believe that it can happen. Um, But really, looking at it from an inclusion-exclusion lens and an equity-and-oppression lens. Mm -hmm. So if you think about those kind of four buckets, it's like we all want to be included. We all want to belong. And then we all just want to be treated fairly mm-hmm. and justly, right? And that's just dignity, right? That's just human respect and dignity.
0: And w- would you say DEI that it, it kind of follows the actual path that you need to take? You can't have one without the other, and you need to go. You need to have diversity before you have equity, and you obviously can't have equity unless there is inclusion. Um, I have no idea where I'm going with that. <laughs> That's a great, yeah, that. It's a great question. Yeah, a great question. So why why is it important, if I'm a small business owner, um, we talked about some of those, hesit, like being hesitant. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's a, there's some sensitive topics, we're coming from different backgrounds. How do you take someone who's being hesitant or apprehensive to get this work started?
2: Yeah, and you know a lot of times, um, people want to know how is this going to impact the bottom line, right? And I think for us, there is a business imperative. Mm-hmm. Um, talked about the pressures that are just coming from customers, investors. You know, when you, uh, you know, from, uh, you know, from regulations and things that are required from government to um, the demand that your customers are having. So. Um, there is an impact on the bottom line. Um, but for us it's about, this is human imperative. I mean, we're all human beings and mm-hmm. this is what we should be doing. Now, um, going back to um, a, a small business owner, you know, there's evidence that um, a diverse workforce mm-hmm. leads to a, a bigger bottom line. You have diversity of thought, mm-hmm. you have diversity of experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's evidence that, you know, that, that can be very beneficial. Now, how to, how to talk to someone about why it's important to do this, you know, that's really where getting into understanding what their hesitations are Mm -hmm. and what their fears are, um, and then kind of seeing what the benefits will be. I think that's where that. That, that was, coach you know, approach really yeah. comes in. Yeah.
1: And if I could just add to that, we also start with the anchor mm-hmm. around values. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what are your values mm-hmm. as an individual and as a small business owner? Mm-hmm. And then go from there too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just meeting people where they're at. Right.
3: Yeah, I think it's
0: important. This episode's Brand X Partner Spotlight goes out to Hey Ya, a strategic and experienced web developer that offers a variety of digital services consulting, user experience and design, product development, as well as coaching and training. If you want a website for your business, or you're trying to refurbish old one, you need to go to Sam Sherwood at heyyaw.llc. That's heyyaw.llc. He's the best in Cleveland, hands down. What do you all enjoy most about this work?
3: Mm. I okay. <laughs> I'll I, I just jump in first really quick. I think every client or partner that we work with is not the same. Mm. Um, and so I really enjoy just uh, really getting to know uh, the client, the organization, the people that are connected to the organization and just helping them think about um, how much better their world could be if they really engage in this work in a deep mm. um, and thoughtful way. I, I, love, I enjoy that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I love the team approach, you know, I, I always knew that at some point I wanted to, you know, be an entrepreneur, but I also knew I didn't want to do it alone. Mm-hmm. I, I just believe in um, power in numbers and that we all have our strengths. Um, and then on the client side, I just love those, just when they're able to see and articulate the progress that they've made. You know, it's because a lot of times, you know, you sit and you, you get the feeling they're like, we're not making progress. And then when you kind of guide them to get us to to go back and say, let's look back at what you've accomplished. And when they start taking off and like, wow, we've oh, yeah. done a lot without even really knowing it. And mm-hmm. then that leading to them starting to make these changes on their own. Oh, wow. You know, and, and yeah. that's, that's really powerful when they're doing these things on their own absolutely
1: I really love that our work is transformational Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, and that we have kind of made a decision to not be a transactional consulting and Mm -hmm. uh, coaching firm Um, so if you want a workshop on a thing and that's all you want is like a DEI workshop for five minutes we're probably not the best uh, (laughs) company for you because we do Anchor in values. We do Mm -hmm. build relationships. We do create safe space. So we know that it's a journey for most people And so the transformational aspect of our work um, Really excites me and I think the other part is just when clients have those aha moments, Mm -hmm. right? Like I just love that
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, and Victor you talked about this earlier about learning um, Learning from the clients learning something by yourself and then you know attaching that to your work and making it better so for all of you what what have you learned about yourselves during this work? Mm-hmm. And also, maybe, what have you learned from hearing from other clients?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: That's a good question. Mm. I, I can go. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm, reading, I'm reading a new book called Unleashed. Okay. Um, it's by Frances Fry, professor out of Harvard, mm-hmm. and one of the things she talks about, or she and her partner talk about, actually her wife, who's her partner, um, they're both professors at Harvard, they mm-hmm. talk about in this book, is this notion of empowerment leadership, right? So you putting yourself in the position to empower other people, and I feel like what I've learned about myself doing this work is that like that's what I kind of knew that I liked, but now that I've had an opportunity to do it, I'm like okay, this is right where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So just kind of learning that your purpose and your work are aligned, um, has been a really great lesson for me.
2: Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I'm so thinking, you. Um, you know, I, I've learned that a lot of people, not everyone, but a lot of people really want to do this work. Mm-hmm. Um, they just don't know how, mm. um, and, or there's a lot of fears. Um, so with that, another learning is, I think J- Jerry kind of said it is, tempering my own um, impatience and kind of meeting them where they're at. Mm. And then while it's an organizational journey, there's also individuals who, may, who are part of that organization. Right. And then that they're on their own journey as well. Mm-hmm. So I tell myself to slow down a lot, yeah. <laughs> and um, because you know I've been conditioned to be you know in an executive director role where you have to make decisions very quickly. Right. Um, so so I, I think that's the biggest you know just that that whole journey aspect um, and meeting people where they're at and and, and just walking that journey with them. So. I would just add that I, I, what I've learned is that even
3: people who are adverse to this work mm-hmm. who are really hesitant to dive in, um, if you really take your time and have those thoughtful conversations with folks, right. as Robin said earlier, this this work is a lot about values, mm-hmm. and so you start to talk to people about their values, what they care about, who they care about in the world, there's always a connection that you can make to this work that helps them um, understand why it's important um, and how it could benefit not only them, but their families, their communities by diving in and, and doing it, so.
0: Absolutely. Um, sure. do you have any uh, any questions mm-hmm. at this time? Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I was like, do I wanna put anyone on this phone? No, <laughs> just kidding, no questions. Oh, I'll just chime in though about the small business question. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a business essential in my opinion at this point. Like. Right. I have seen nonprofits lose millions of dollars yep. Yep. because mm-hmm. they haven't addressed it I we hadn't addressed it previously as an agency and we could have lost clients because of it is mm-hmm. my guess um, so it's no longer a question of can you do it or should you do it it's you have to do it and you have to get everyone on board to do it but like you guys were saying meeting people where they are mm-hmm. is yeah. such a great approach to it even like for people like me who want to move super fast mm-hmm. And get work done. And poor Jerry is probably in my office now (laughs) once a week being like, you need to stop. Calm down. (laughs) Slow down. Um, But that's one thing I've noticed the last year and a half, Mm -hmm. two years, is that we really... We all need to address it in our own way and in our own time, but it's going to continue to be a business essential. Mm-hmm. And it should have been for, let's be honest, for years it should have mm-hmm. been a business essential, mm-hmm. but the last year and a half, I think, has really put a sharp focus on it for all businesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: What would you say the first step would be to addressing the issue? Would it be coming out with a statement on your website and then doing the work? How do, how do you go from talking to talk to, to walking the walk obviously called gradient
3: but <laughs> so I would say to so the way you framed that question I would definitely not come out with a statement unless you're ready and prepared to do the work yeah um, that could be dangerous mm-hmm. um, not saying that folks shouldn't right they shouldn't express their opinions but um, I think it's one is realizing that The work needs to be done internally in the organization. Mm -hmm. Um, Really taking a look at the organizational makeup, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Who are the folks internally that want to champion this work? Who are the folks who are kind of hesitant to do this work? And then for me, the third thing is don't do it alone. (laughs) Yeah. Whether it's Gradient or other organizations out here that are really doing good work, mm-hmm. like reach out and have a conversation, mm-hmm. um, because this work is hard
2: and you need a partner in order to do it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But, you know, I think similar. Um, just, I, th- I think once you realize you have to do it, you know, just getting that leader committed. The leader has to be committed to moving the work forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's just critical. Um, and we'll, when one of the first things we do when we start our process, we have commitment calls. You know, really learning from leadership, if it's a nonprofit board leadership, staff leadership, to get a sense of their commitment to this work. Because mm-hmm. that, without that commitment, you can't move the work forward. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll start, stop, or it, you'll complete it, but it won't be sustained over time. So,
1: yeah, and I think a very important piece of that commitment conversation too is helping. Pe- create space for people to express their why, oh, right. because a lot of times people are, you know, they're just wrapped up in doing what everybody else is doing or right. what you know they feel like they should be doing. But I think it's a really critical step to tell people just to pause and express and articulate why you are doing this work, why you are starting a DEI journey right. at a given time.
0: Yeah. I have a little scenario for you Yeah. All.
2: Uh, okay.
1: This is. So
0: tired. You are good. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's New Year's Eve, twenty ninety nine, okay, and the world is celebrating those organizations who came before, out of the equality age and into the age of equity, mm. which I feel like that's where we are. Man, I gotta give you snaps on Keep that
3: talking. Time. Keep,
1: Keep talking. talking. What are
0: what are people saying about gradient?
2: Mm. We're on the other side now. We're being questioned. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great
3: yes. scenario.
2: I I I wanna go first because it's probably the most uncreative answer. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I hope that um, they say that we really elevated the conversation around equity. Um, because it is different than the diversity and inclusion. Um, So I I would say that, I would hope that they say, you know, because of gradient, we got more awareness. We were made more aware about why equity is so important. Mm -hmm.
1: That's a
0: great answer.
2: That's
1: a great answer, Victor.
2: Well, you still have to answer. I know. (laughs) (laughs)
1: You know, 2099, I just, I just hope, at that point, people are saying you know, that Gradient changed <clears throat> the way we value humans, mm-hmm. right? It, that we were just game changers. We took you know, organizations and cultures um, from confusion and chaos around what it means to create a culture of inclusion and mm-hmm. belonging and equity um, to a place where it's just embedded in their DNA now. Um, that audits really are not necessary because culture and climate surveys are resounding because they have diverse workforces because, you know, coaching is all about getting people, you know, it's like performance based, right? Mm-hmm. It's about getting people to, to uh, dig in and be innovative and mm-hmm. come up with strategies. No longer do we have to coach about diversity matters or, you know, and all because of the way that Gradient approached the work and walked with their clients. Um, that we, we changed the game around diversity, equity, and inclusion.
3: Love it. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> so that's a great... So your scenario
3: made me think about one of my favorite um, photographs I've ever seen, and there was this quote underneath this this photograph, and it, it sounds dramatic, but bear with me. Um, so there was this picture of this... of one of Mandela's comrades and he was arrested and he was about to be hung Um, and underneath the picture it said do not cry for me for my blood that is shed nourishes the trees that bear the fruit of freedom Hmm. and so when I think about that I think about um, the work that we're doing hopefully nourishes those trees that bear the fruit of freedom because that's what you know our work we think about our work as getting to that point of freedom, right? Yeah. And and hopefully we'll get there one day. So. And what
0: is one word you would use to describe gradient, Jerry?
3: Oh, this is two words, but game changers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Powerful, transformational.